I think I want to try to do a podcast. A what? What's that? Well, I, well, I talk about what I do during the day and maybe conversations. Oh, because I never heard that term. So what do you put it on the internet? Yeah. Yeah, too bad I don't have it. I never heard that term before. Have what is the name again? A podcast. Pot? Cast? P-O-T? P-O-D. C-A-S-T. All right. I never heard that term. This is The Mild Adventures of Fred Stoller. Oh, this music is theme from Andy Paley, who's here. He did this for my movie, actually, Fred and Vinny. And uh, Ben Solinger is sitting in with me because he likes character actors. I'll explain. But my guest, my before I introduce him, I'm going to do a thing with credits and make it classy and... And then I'm going to attack him for some things I don't like about. It was a great fade. It was a good fade. It's <laughs> very well, classy. It's, Fantastic. Uh, uh, for some reason, Mike's Fantastic. the engineer, and yeah. he, he says, Wolf you do Man that yourself. Jack called wants to learn how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So be, be, before, the, the, this little thing I'm going to open with is going to uh, kind of introduce the guest. So this woman, Nancy Crawford, is so nice enough, because I can't listen to these, so she's listening to my podcast and writing down what I said so I don't repeat myself, because I'm going to repeat stories. But here are some things I've repeated over the three podcasts I've worked on so far. Raymond, the difference between the brother and the cousin is $77 million. All right, I won't do that joke anymore, because I was the cousin, yeah. not the brother. Yeah. I didn't want to be a star. I just wanted to be like the guy in Dog Day Afternoon who chickens out in the beginning. All right, I, don't have to, I won't do that again. I have a man crush on Treat Williams from Hair. I'll probably say that again. Uh, when you're around the set, you hear regulars talking about their Emmys and their houses. So there's a difference between stories and sentiments. I will say that more. If I had my own show, I'd be nice to the guests. No, I'll, I'll repeat that more. I was cut from Raymond. I didn't know. I had already told people to watch. And Donald Sutherland isn't a nice guy. I'll, I'll repeat that. That being said... Uh, oh, no, I'm going to talk a lot about being on eggshells, I'm the guest guy, run-throughs are the worst, you know, as opposed to live tapings. So, in the essence of repeating myself, my guest, Jim Turner, I'm probably, okay, this is going to be repetitious. I always say this with these character actors, you had the mountaintop, you were a regular, because my whole book, my whole shtick is that I've, a parental guest. I'm I like know. I bought it. I bought yeah, the book. you did yeah. buy the book. Yeah. I've never been a regular. He was a regular in Arliss, so I'm doing your introduction now. Okay. He was in Meet Dave. He was in, uh, what was another? Wow. <laughs> I, I, uh, he's been on uh, not Meet Dave. Not the movie Meet Dave. Yeah, weren't you in the Eddie oh, Murphy yes, movie? Yes, I was. Uh, Bewitched. I'm happy that you, that's the first Saint one. St. Elmo's <laughs> Fire, Big Bang Theory, Roseanne. All right, a lot of things. So the thing, though, actually, Mike, the engineer, who's a young guy, I'm surprised, and he's shaking his head, Andy Paley, going, this is ridiculous. No, he no, was no. falling asleep. <laughs> okay. Do you know Andy? Yeah, the he thing is, I'm surprised. Okay, let me set up the, the, the most impressive credit. Back before everything, you know, the all pop culture used to just be on MTV. Because now they have the E! Channel and this and Chelsea and VH1. So you 
were Randy of the Redwoods. Now, Mike, I think you're just like a 23-year-old guy. How did you remember Randy of the Redwoods? <clears throat> I'm 42. Get but, out of here. Uh, <laughs> no, I remember that because that MTV, how many, you know, cable hadn't exploded That's what yet, I'm saying. So, so MTV was huge for, for kids, and then, you know, uh, he, and he was there at the beginning, yeah, the beginning of it. Yeah. If, if the young people, that was an interstitial character where you had glasses and one of them didn't have a lens and you had a, a patch, explain. Yes. Um yeah, it was a... a he's, uh, he's laughing, going, this is the most unlikely interviewer, but okay. <laughs> you had a patch, explain. <laughs> um, it, it was a character that I did when I was uh, performing with this group called Duck's Breath Mystery Theater. And we From did Minneapolis, show, I'm guessing? Well, no, Iowa City. Okay. Uh, though we did shows in Minneapolis. And um, we were doing a show in New York, and a friend of mine, David Felton, who... who David Feldman? Felton. Felton. Okay. Different... I know who you <laughs> That's mean. That's not funny. No, no, I know who... <laughs> There's a guy, David Feldman. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. Uh, he brought all of the producers and stuff from MTV, and they were... This was 1987, and they were doing a, a thing. They wanted to celebrate the summer, the 20th anniversary of the Summer of Love, and they were looking for a hook... To, to you know what kind of spots and this was back when MTV would openly make fun of itself um, the, the you know well, on what air is MTV promos, now but, I don't even know what it is oh, I have now. no idea some reality show I think mm -hmm. it's a 24-hour reality show yeah it's not what it used to be yeah so we made all these spots and they hired me to to do this and we made 20 spots in two days and a video Wow um, and I got nothing for it, but I did get tons of promotion. They just they showed these things all the time. I mean, every five minutes there was a Randy spot on MTV. And what happened was, the market research is usually the death of me. You know, people test it in market research and go, yeah, I would get rid of that guy. Um, but this, they were doing market research saying, you know, do you like VJs? Which VJs do you like? What videos do you like? With kids all around the country. I wasn't one of their questions, and these kids all around the country kept going, "Oh, you know, be cool. What if like the the guy with the guitar? What if what if he like loses the guitar, and then you got to find that?" And these people doing the research are like, "Guy with guitar? What, what do you mean, the guy with the guitar? Oh, you know, the glasses. Okay, guy with the guitar." And so they got all the research, and I kept popping up un you know, unprompted. Now, besides the interstitial spots, yeah, didn't you do like events? Like, didn't you show up at events? Well, that's, yeah. what happened was, then they called me up and said, uh, Judy McGrath and Doug Herzog took me out to lunch. They flew me down from San Those Francisco. Those were the heads of MTV? Me, took me to lunch and said, we want to run you for president. Yeah. In 1988. And I went, oh, wow. And I'd already done a fake presidential campaign. For Randy as, as, or something No, a Zippy. Remember wait, wait, Zippy let, the pinhead? Let, let, let me backtrack because I'm learning now. I, 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 this is my first time meeting you. No, I'm just kidding. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know these things. You started as like an improv kind of sketch guy? Uh, well, we didn't do improv. <laughs> we did improv once when we were stoned. I see. And we left the, the building in with our tails between our legs. Right. Uh, so you just we, did wacky, sketchy stuff. We wrote sketches. It was a five-man group. Anyone else in that group I know? Um Merle Kessler, Dan Coffey, Billy Allard, Leon Martell. You know, have you ever seen Girly Magazine Party? Yes, but I haven't. But okay. I know what it is. Okay. That's with, um, what's his name? Some guy with glasses. I know. Uh, Joe Keys or you know, people like that. No. Joe Keys? Joe Keys hasn't been in Girly Magazine. Oh, no, but the Higgins Boys. The Higgins Boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, so you, so you, uh, you, you, you got plucked out. That was your first big gig. And what was the president? How, how did they, that go? It was really weird because they, you know, we went to events. The, the the place where they chose to have me do my big presidential, you know, I'm coming out, I'm running for president, was at Daytona Beach. And this was the early days of Daytona Beach at spring break. Oh yeah, and it was. I mean, it was just this big drunken sex fest, and just like this. Randy had already been on. <laughs> he said just like this, Andy. And it's, so we went there, and I, they literally had to have a cop when I dressed up as Randy, and we walked like to do something on the beach. Why? Because people are mobbing people, you. Well, it was MTV and Randy. It would be like, wow. oh my God, there's a guy from MTV. MTV was huge. Oh please, huge yes. And th there would be a mob of people, and um, no, I was actually excited the first time I met you, hmm. and and as opposed to now, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then then I got to know him, and uh, <laughs> I see. But I, I don't know if you're. We only worked together. We didn't work together. We were in the same thing. Could you remember the f the one time we worked together? Yes. What? The Playboy thing. Yes. There was a thing where he was called the mop guy. Was that like yeah. a, you were mopping wow. up when people, you know... You're good. He, he was mop guy, and they had some weird place on Sunset Boulevard, some weird club, so they'd have all these strippers, and it was going really late, and I did my low-key subtle act following, you know, a guy who blew a bubble and got into a bubble. Do you remember that? Uh -huh. He blew a big bubble, and he stepped into the bubble. So then I'm on, and it's this crowd just watching naked women, you know, and, and him walking and mopping and slipping. And then and I went on, and I totally bombed, and I, then I tried doing a joke. Hey, I'm blowing a bubble. I'll go into it. But you remember. It was, uh, it was called Club Playboy. And it was uh, produced by Richard Schenkman, yes. who was an MTV guy, and it was a he. He actually hired me to write on it. So we tried to come up with scenarios for. There were six shows. I still have them on VHS tape. I don't know if I've ever seen them. Um, and I was the bathroom attendant, and you know, was a really so weird. the joke was you kept slipping and mopping when people yeah, just I, did, there were a lot of different <laughs> jokes of just stuff going on in the bathroom um and then they had comedians and strippers and and i'm the perfect guy act. you were perfect. perfect act for a thing with strippers and people slipping on you know whatever yeah <laughs> yes yes and so. they fed the audience liquor they, they they had some vodka that had a skull and crossbones on it i seem to remember and they they just gave everybody liquor so the whole audience was completely drunk. <laughs> I, w I had another job where I, I was bombing, where they flew me to London to do a show called London Underground. And and I had to follow Emo Phillips. You know who Emo Phillips mm -hmm. is? He's like a guy, hey, I'm Emo, and he's weird. So it looked like I was following a version of myself. They go, all oh, these Americans, they're all clones. <laughs> like I was a bad version of Emo Phillips. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm on stage going, I'm getting 5,000, and I got flown... To London and I'm bombing my ass off. This makes no well, except for the five thousand dollar part. That was when, back in comedy, they thought comedians were a special thing. Back in like 1990, oh, we got to pay five thousand of this schmuck. They didn't know I just walk around aimlessly looking for pinball machines, you know. So they, uh, so basically, this is uh, a thing. Um, 
Now, do you do you love character actors, right? Absolutely. So yeah. maybe you'll think of questions later. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, we just had Robert Forster on, who I didn't know you knew. Okay. So all right, let me talk about Jim for a second. <clears throat> Some good things. Now, Jim, I did this thing promoting my book, which I'll m- mention a lot. Maybe we'll have you back, The Life of a Perennial TV Guest Star. And I had these events where I had Fred Stoller and the guest stars of comedy, and we tell stories. Andy, you were at that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you had great stories, and uh, even though you had the uh, the Arliss thing, you still had gritty things of getting replaced and 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 being nice to extras. Now, you said when you were in Arliss, you were actually nice to uh, the guest star people? Like I tried you, to be. Okay. <laughs> Because well, I mean, you remembered what it was like? I, I tried to be, but here's here's something funny that happened. We had a guest star on once, and he blew a line, and and it was a very, our set was very relaxed. And like Nancy Jane, I'm repetitious. When you're a guest star, when you blow lines, you're on eggshells, and people get written off or fired for blowing lines. So Not on not our on show. Our list. No, okay. not on our show. And it was, you could tell that the set was a very relaxed okay. set. So this guy dropped a line or something and I jokingly said I went oh geez can we get a guy that can remember that line oh, blah, blah, blah. and it was a it was a joke okay. and everybody laughed and he laughed and <laughs> so I just I did it to kind of make and him did you feel, know him or just you're just no no it was just a guy you know right. he probably did two days on it so we saw each other it, 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 he it, he knew it was a joke okay so Years later, like three years ago, a friend of mine called me up and he was on said a commercial. He, himself. <laughs> he was on a, well, he was on a commercial, right. and he called me and said, "Hey, we're shooting on a golf course." And I went, "Oh, cool." And he said, "Yeah." Well, the guy a guy just called you to be in a commercial. You didn't have to audition. No, no, I wasn't on the commercial. Okay. A friend of mine who I play golf I with see. was shooting at Griffith Park and said, "Hey, I'm on the golf course. You, if you get by, come out and walk out and watch us shoot this." Oh, okay. Then I don't know how it came up, but it came up something with this other guy in the commercial, and he said, "So, who was that?" Blah blah blah. And he said, "Oh, it's a friend of mine, Jim Turner. You know Jim Turner?" And this guy's demeanor changed, and he said, "Yeah, the guy on Arliss." And he goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah, yeah. He's a fucking asshole. He's a fucking asshole. That guy fucked me over." And my friend called me back. Can I say that? Yes, yes. Okay. You could say golf. Okay. <laughs> And Hitler joke, doing <laughs> corny stuff, yeah. And he, that was 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. So he's still carrying this grudge well, around if, that if, I if fucked it's a him friend, over. Like, like, and I did not. No, no. Like, you said he knew it was a joke. Absolutely. But, you know, again, that's huh. that But he probably thinks you're an asshole from something else. No, oh, I, I would know. Right. Like, I worked on The Naked <laughs> Truth, and I know Chris Elliott, so I, I flubbed a line and... The rehearsal and Chris goes, "You're gonna do. You can get it right by Tuesday." And he put his hand down, but I knew he was kidding. I love Chris Elliott. When I did uh, Naked Truth, he shakes my hand, and because he was a regular, he goes, "Welcome to this piece of shit." He hated being there. <laughs> you know, there were two. There were two camps of regulars on the, the Naked Truth. One of them was three people from the first season, and they didn't like that there were four new people. So I had to pick a gang because I was going out to eat lunch with this guy and. Chris Elliott goes, you're going to eat lunch with him? I go, well, he he's manipulative. So I had to pick which gang because four people, cast members, weren't talking to the other three. So I picked Chris Elliott's gang. He's, he's a good guy. And uh, so that's the, the, that story. So, yeah, so you 
So let me ask you, with, with um, the Randy Redwoods, mm-hmm. did that get you like you have that first job, that thing? You had a great story. You were telling in the hall to Robert Forster and at my uh, my little... I, you did two events. We did a thing at SAG. Yeah. It was kind of funny because all these... It was filled up because SAG has how many uh, people? Like 700,000 members? Something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, so they all get a newsletter. Hey, the guest stars are comedy. You'll learn stuff. So they all waited online and packed, and they're taking notes. And <laughs> our notes is, hey, when you're a guest star, and, hey, don't yell at people. Be professional. And they're writing it down, <laughs> you know, and they're with iPads. And we said, you know, always learn your lines, and you see them writing it down. And don't ever, don't steal the wardrobe. And, you know, so. Who's your friend, Jordan Black? Yes. Uh, he was on that. Yes. He said the greatest thing. He said, uh, "He said when I go to, in, in an audition or when I go to a set, um, I look at everybody that I'm meeting as this is the first time I'm meeting the parents of my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, yeah, it's like when you're in a, a sitcom, uh, sorry, Nancy Jane, I'm repeating myself, is you're auditioning all week. You audition for the part. Then the table reads an audition. The run-throughs are auditions. And a lot of people don't know that that table read is also an audition. Yes. That's, uh, they get that's fired it. all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they didn't do that at Arliss. We never really... We had... Uh, I think the first year we had table reads, and then they just... It wasn't like a jokey show where they, you know, where they'd get nervous if... Uh, oh, that line didn't work. It was more just situational, like, oh, this is making out with a beautiful woman, or yeah. <laughs> or a shot comes by. It's just that there were these sports people. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, so 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 tell me how you ended... All right, he had a great story, and ro- how did you get that first job? While we were living in San Francisco after Arliss. You didn't say, hey. No, no, uh, this is way before oh. I'd ever done anything. This, this is was before ba- Randy of the Red Yeah, no, I'd, I'd done... Um, uh, Duck's Breath. Duck's Breath started in 1975 in Iowa. Then we moved to San Francisco in 1976. We lived there the whole time. And for a long time, we just did schlepped around. We were on food stamps. We did all that stuff. Then we got a couple guys on national public radio. So Merle Kessler was doing this thing called Ian Scholes, and Dan Coffey was doing this thing called Ask Dr. Science. And they took off on national public radio. And for a time, we could go to any college town that had a public radio station and and sell out wherever. It was great. But, you know, that sort of waned after a while. And we also sort of got sick of just going out on the road and doing shows to make money. And I, we, the group had kind of broken up. And I didn't have a job. And I was doing... I was. I was doing yard work for friends of mine who were, you know, had money and <laughs> making $5 an hour. Tom Kenny hires me to, uh, to do, do work and he laughs. He, he, Tom Kenny's voice is SpongeBob. And it's sometimes when things are down, I like do yard work and him and his wife yell at the window and then they run and they mess up the leaves <laughs> as I'm doing it. So I have to oh. do it again. It's an idiot. Sorry. Tom Kenny. What an mean. asshole. He hires me and then he goes, clean it up. And then he, 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 and they, they, they dump things on the floor oh. and, and they spit out the window. He <laughs> fucked me over. Royal. What did he do? He fucked me. Did over. he hire you to do work? And then no, he, ju- he just fucked me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it was royally. Yeah, and yeah. It, was, it was all right. So, so you used to I'd do been, yard work for rich So I was doing, no, I was doing this yard work, and this friend of mine was working in the art department on a pilot, and I didn't know what a pilot was. She said, she called me up and said, I'm working on this pilot. And I said, what is that? She goes, it's like a TV show. You know, it's like the first TV show. For people out there, it's a test for a TV show. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't know the term. 
and she said they're looking for the lead character. And it's like a superhero who comes to, the, to Earth um, from the cartoon world. And I said, oh, okay, well, and she said, they can't find this guy. And I'm telling you, Turner, you're perfect. You're perfect for this. It's like this. How did, a guy in the art department? Oh, he got the a, script. A friend of mine, a, a woman uh -huh. um, in the art department. And I, I just sort of brushed it off. So I, didn't, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have, you know, a manager. I didn't have anything. And I went, okay. And I didn't do anything. And she called me up and said, send me a picture. So I sent her a picture. She took it into the director, Claudia Weil. And the producer, Dusty Kay, and, and they said, oh, okay. And I think just as a nod to her, okay, we'll read this guy. <laughs> he lives in San Francisco. So my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, was visiting, and she was really excited that I was going to drive. We were going to drive from San Francisco to L.A. to meet, to audition, to be on a TV show. And so you weren't thinking of pursuing this stuff? You th not at all. Okay. Not at all. I, I was... You were just content. I'm a, I'm a terrible actor, so, right. you know, I don't. So uh, we went out to a Mexican restaurant and had and we had fish. The Is night this before. your first time in L.A.? When you went no, to I'd been to it, L.A. Right. a few times with Duck's Breath. Um, and I got sick in the middle of the night and started puking, and I puked all night long. And she woke me up at 8 o'clock going, okay, we need to be in the car. And I was like, <laughs> we're not going anywhere. I, I don't care. I don't want to do this. I'm not driving to L.A. I'm sick. And she started jumping up and down on the bed going, come on, come on, come on. We're going to L.A. <laughs> and she sings, Andy knows, she sings in this fake opera voice. She, her fake opera voice is in a SpongeBob record. Yes, it is. And she's going, we're going to L.A. <laughs> and standing over me so Tom on the Kenny bed. Tom ripped it off? Yes. yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's jumping up and him? down on the bed, and I'm bouncing up and down. And I went, oh, my God. Okay, I'll get up, and we'll go, because otherwise I'm going to kill you. We got in the car. We drove here. I, felt, I slept the whole way. She drove, and we pulled in. I was sick. My hair was all matted up. I looked like shit. I mean, I really looked right. horrible. I go in and I read for the director and the producer and the casting director, and I read it. There were three scenes I was supposed to prepare, and first of all, when I checked in, and I didn't prepare them because nobody sent me anything. So when I checked in, the woman who signed me in said, "So do you need do you need sides?" And, I and said, you didn't I, know what sides were. I said, "I don't know. What are they?" And she goes, "What are what?" I said, "What are sides?" Well, I just I'm. Um... I'm assuming people are listening, uh, but if they are, <laughs> sides are the they, they cut out of the script like the pages that you'll be auditioning with. And yeah. I didn't know what they were. Another actor there was like snickering at me. And I'm I went kidding. in, I read, it was horrible. And they said, Did you did do you know what you're do you know what you're reading for? I said, It's like a superhero or something. And they went, Yeah, did you read the script? No, I didn't get one. Are you sick? Because you look really sick. And I said, yeah, I, I'm really sick. I was up all night puking. And I said, you know what? Let's try this again tomorrow. Go get, go get a good night's rest. Here's the script. Read this. Let's, let's try this again. Yeah, yeah. Which is amazing. No, they never let you do that. And I read the script, slept all night, came in, and really got it. You know. And, and so I went in, and it was like we read the three scenes I was supposed to. So this to... is your first audition ever? Yeah. We read the three scenes, and then they went, okay, you know what? Turn to page uh, 64 right there, right there at the bottom of the page. Let's read that scene. Blah, blah, blah. And we'd read that scene. Okay. And then they'd look at each other and go, page 32, the, the scene with the kid. Uh, let's do the scene with the kid. And we read all these different scenes. And I was thinking, wow, this is going good. 
So I left, and this was pre-cell phones and everything. Right. And I didn't know the process. I thought I auditioned for them. They're going to make a choice. I'm either the person or not, not knowing you got to go to producers. you got to go to the network. you got to do all these more things. Yes. So Lynn and I drive up Highway 1, and we take like four days to get home. And we get home, and there's all these messages going, Jim, Jim, please call us. We need, we need you to call us now. And they were trying to set up an, wow. a, my audition for the producers. So I called them, and they said, Can you, we're flying you down tomorrow. And uh, they flew me down, took me to the producers, and it was about a superhero, like a Superman. It's not, really about Superman. So did, did this ever, not Last American Hero or something? No, okay. it, was, it was before that. Okay. And, I mean, it was really about a cartoon hero in the cartoon world. And the sets were very garish, you I know, see. bold colors. And we were acting out this scene. And then all of a sudden we start to fade and everything kind of went. <laughs> and all the people look at each other in the cartoon going, what, what was that? And I go, oh, man, I know what it was. They're going to discontinue us. This is it. We're done. I'm not going to let that happen. I played oh. Captain Justice. And I'm going to go to the real world and save us. And not knowing that when he goes to the real world, he's going to lose all his superpowers. So he, he shows up thinking he's Superman, that he can fly, that he can do all these things. And he's really not very bright either. Right. Um, and Robert Forrester, who you just interviewed, played a gumshoe character that when they find out Captain Justice split the cartoon world, they go, okay, you got to track him down because he doesn't know what he's in for. So he comes to the real world to bring me back. And... So I came down for the producers, and they brought in all these guys who were like muscles, like Venice Beach, you know, like shaped like V's, <laughs> Superman, and me. And this is the producer at New World Television. And the director, Claudia Wow, came over to me and said, oh, you don't have, do you have any shoulder pads in your sweater? I was wearing a cardigan sweater, right, right. like what Perry Como would wear. And I went, no. And she goes, oh, my God, and rips her Get out her of here. Shoulder pads out of her sweater and puts them in my sweater and goes, Okay, take your glasses off when you come in the room so they see you without your glasses and then come in the room. So in the meantime, all these other actors are sitting there and here's this woman talking only to me. So I was like the one they wanted, which is great to know. And I went in the room. And, and you had bigger shoulders. And I had these gigantic shoulders. Did they think they were re your real shoulders? No, they were just teeny little, you I know, see. like what a woman would have in her. Right. Ridiculous. 1986. And um, I did the audition, and there, was a, there were like 20 people in the room, and there was a woman sitting right to my left who was glaring at me. Just gl and from the get-go, she hated me. And we talked, you know, you, they're all asking me questions. But she had some other choice probably, and... and it's yeah. That. yeah. And her only question, all these people asked me all these different things about my career, about this. Her question was, would you be willing to have your teeth whitened? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, I, 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 I guess I, I didn't. I hadn't thought of that. Um, can I you didn't know what it I, meant. Can I think about it? And, then, <laughs> and she just continued to glare at me and it really unnerved me. You know, it's like. Oh, Jesus, like a heckler right in the middle going, right. fuck you. <laughs> so I did the audition. I thought I was horrible. I went to a party. A bunch of friends of mine in L.A. who lived here threw me a party because he came down to audition for a TV show. And we had this party. And this agent that I had just picked up 
just for this thing in case something happened, <laughs> calls me and said, so how do you think it went? And I said, oh, man, it was, you know, I, I was okay, but this woman unnerved me and blah, blah, blah. Well, they want to take you to the network. And I said, what does that mean? And so they took me to the network. And the day that they took me to the network, uh, they didn't, the, the head of the network, Brandon Stoddard, was not there. So the, I had to eventually go back because they still didn't know what right. to do with me. They, they liked me and the Dusty guy, this guy Dusty K kept fighting for me, but they didn't really know what, they hired me in the end. I did have to come back down for a second network audition for just the, the head of the network. And I got hired, we shot the show. It was like the greatest, just fantastic experience met Robert. Robert mm -hmm. completely took me under his wing. He's just the sweetest guy oh, in the world. Please, yeah. And um, they picked it up. They bought the show. They said, we're giving you Saturday night at uh, wow. 8 p.m. Family. It was a family TV show, hour long. And um, they flew me to New York for the, Up I guess it's called the Upfronts. Yeah. And, you know, I stood backstage with, with Robert and we were we were brought out with Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton came up to me. This was the first year of her show, the Dolly Parton show. She came up and said, oh, my God, I'm so excited about your show. Are you excited? I just love it. I just love it. Uh, the same year, I think they started Full House, so all those people right, were right, there. Right. And um, they, it was all just going great. Mm -hmm. And then I was on a tour with Duck's Breath up in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, and I was running out to do a show on a Saturday night, and we had two shows that night, eight and ten. And the phone rings again, not a cell phone, just the phone. I'd right. given I'd given them all my phone numbers where I was going to be, and I was staying with a friend. And the phone rang, and I went, "Oh, it's for her, but I'll grab it because it might be the guy saying, hey, here's something we need for the show.'" I answered it, and "Hey, Jim, you uh, have you got a minute?" And it was one of the producers at New World Television, and this guy Dusty K, and they said, so, yeah, we're going to have to have to let you go. Because you have the white teeth? <laughs> <laughs> because I did. I had my teeth whitened. Uh -huh. That's why he was laughing. You know, they made me, they built me a muscle suit. This was after we shot the show and after they bought it. Just to make you more muscular for when it continues. Yeah. Right. So, in the end, they replaced me with a guy that... Had white teeth and muscles. That, and was very good looking because I wasn't... <sighs> The the story I heard from someone on the inside was that I wasn't handsome enough. And they had to pay me for every show that they produced that year, the first wow. year. Why hence, it, hence the house. Is that how you bought the house? No, that was Arliss. Well, why is it you think that not having any training and just going into it, why do you think you were so successful in booking it to begin with, just because you weren't putting too much on it? No, because I'd, you know, I'd, I'd had years of training as a as a comic actor yeah um i mean that's what duck's breath was we were just right. we did characters that's all, all the only thing we did and i just came up you know and i was always like the class clown so when i rent, met the guys in duck's breath it was just this happy like oh fortuitous circumstance where oh now i can actually do what i do at parties okay. in front of yeah. these people well, um so did that get you the bug say hey even though you got fired let me get an agent try to pilot season and and do this stuff no. Oh. 
Not at all. <laughs> what happened was in the meantime, just before this Once a Hero stuff, I had gone to New York with Duck's Breath and met the MTV people. And we shot those things after, in the, in the middle of, after I'd shot Once a Hero, then I shot stuff with MTV, and then I got fired from Once a Hero, and then MTV said, hey, we got oh. this idea. We want to we want to use Randy you. the Redwoods. Yeah. So then you start being a character actor yeah. and just being in the, the game. Yeah. Um, so you just answered one of my questions. Um, <clears throat> he's such a good guy. So I feel guilty about what I'm going to say. Oh, boy. I <coughs> he um, first of all, he and he. he um, you can say it. OK, a few things. Uh, I remember I was on, like, Facebook, and I said, oh, I didn't want to go on this audition, and Jim Turner chimes in, dude, not what I would do. I love auditions. I go on them all. Dude, you don't know. So, so okay. Well, so, great imitation. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was talking, yeah. So, basically, dude, <laughs> I, I don't want to. I right. love auditions. Whoa, is that Jim or Fred? <laughs> no, no. See, Jim, all right, this is, uh, this is inside, but I'll try to make it for other people. This has happened a few times. Like, I was at this party, this low-key party in uh, Silver Lake or something, in a van. Like a there aren't any low-key parties in Silver <laughs> Lake. No, Come on. No. This van pulls up, and, like, Scooby-Doo and you and these Jim Fight or Mark Fight people get out. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're, like, jumping in underwear and humping each other and rolling on the floor and tickling each other and jumping on tables <laughs> and, and, and making out. And so, like... I, he's a great guy, but David Herman had a party, and 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 I left because I had anxiety when you showed. Because this guy Mark fight a great guy. They do things like they tumble down the stairs and they chase each other, and and maybe I have resentment because I wish I could be all balls out. And, and but it's now when you said parties, I get it because there's a few people you and Mark fight like you'll 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 run around like we love attention and they they run around like with their pants at their ankles attention is good and they and, the, and they skip around the party with their pants at their ankles so he's such You're a good guy. about our shows. We're not no, talking about No, you do at that parties. at parties. You you had one where it was Thanksgiving. You were chasing each other around the the party. Like one was a, one was a pilgrim. No, you. I never. Oh. The whole time I've known Mark Fight, I've never chased him around a party. <laughs> In my, with my pants on or off, I've never, I've never but made out with Mark. But you show up at parties and you do the stick where you sashay and you start humping each other and rolling <laughs> no, on the floor. That's, that's at our show. That's you pay to see that. Oh, We're not giving that away for free. <laughs> oh, no, he always, I don't know. Maybe I, I got traumatized. But, but you love. Okay, he, I guess I had you, because he still goes to this acting class, and I once stopped by to give the uh, Brian Reese my book, and, and they're chanting, auditioning is performing, auditioning is performing, and uh, so okay. that's the image okay, I have Okay, they don't do that. But, <laughs> but, um, but he, he is such a good guy. Uh, well, thank you. It doesn't sound like I am. <laughs> Before the show, you were shooting up, mm -hmm. but it's diabetes... And I used to bump into you at the Grove. I haven't seen you in a while. And you said you you had a show with on MSNBC about diabetes. CNBC. CNBC. And you go, hey, who's got diabetes? I need guests. And I, I said this guy, and he ended up dying of diabetes. So you should have got him quicker. Patrice O'Neill. Mm-hmm. 
So I just thought I'd put that out there. Well, you do good things. Well, it's too, too late to book him as a guest. Uh, and the show is dead, too, by the way. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's a yeah. pun. Yeah. So, Woo. all right. That, that, no, you did good things. That he, was a one-two punch there. Yeah. No, you bought my book, which I, 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 I'd go to these stores. It's not a big publisher. And I go, hey, can you get my book in? They go, we will shortlist it, meaning they'll get six. But this one place in Vermont only got one in, and you bought it. So you're a good guy. Thank you. Skylight? Yes. Oh, they only yeah. bought one? And you bought it. Wow. They, they weren't well, sure it would go hey, well. Can I tell you something? Yes. When, uh, any friend of mine that has a record out or a book out, I, I always buy it from a store. And I don't order it online because I don't know if that... I always say, is it better if I bought this book at Amazon that. or at the bookstore? And they always go, you know, bookstore is a little better because you, you can talk about it. You go in and go, hey, do you have uh, Descent by Tim Johnston? And they go, uh, no, what's that? Oh, you got to get it. Blah, blah, blah. And it, it gives you a chance to, to beef it up. And then they go online. They go, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, I bumped into you also at um, Amoeba. Where he always tries to uh, get credit for his free Arliss DVDs, and they always send them back, and you, you always try to like sneak them in. <laughs> no, you know who did that? Uh, I Actually, it, it wasn't Arliss. It was a Duck's Breath Mystery Theater DVD. I ran into Dana Gould coming in to, to sell some stuff at Amoeba, and one was a, a Duck's Breath DVD that I'd given him. <laughs> and we've never addressed that. Um, that, that I saw him selling the, the DVD thing you that I'd him given you. him. But I thought you were trying to sell the Arliss's get credit for I might, I might throw one in there because I get them by the hundreds. And you, and, and you say, uh, you said, you told me something they had where you get, you could buy something and you bring it back. You oh, Amoeba's the best. You buy a record or a DVD or a book. You buy it, and if you return it within a week, they give you 75% back. So you buy a $10 CD, you listen to it, you burn it on your computer, and you bring it back, and you get $7.50 in trade. So, all right, let me ask about the acting career. Uh, so you weren't going into it with dreams, so, so it's all gravy, as they say. You don't have disappointment because do you not have frustration because everything yeah, you weren't really looking you, th these dreams, huh? Well, no, I didn't start out trying to be an actor at all, and I didn't, and I've never known how to to proceed doing that. Now I do know, you know, I know more stuff than I used to. Um, but it, this wasn't like my childhood dream to be. So an you don't actor. have the frustrations of oh, why aren't I getting pilot auditions, or how come I'm not working? Now I am because now I've I've committed my whole life to that's how I make my money, you know. Um, and it's a better way of making money than Duck's ha having breath. a job. Or gardening for Tom Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one more Tom Kenny thing. <laughs> this is so stupid. When he was negotiating a SpongeBob raise, he always wanted them to back up a Brinks truck for his neighbors to see. Mm -hmm. So he goes, I want some I just want you to back up a Brinks truck. And so my neighbors see them loading money. Right. And he demanded that. <laughs> Did he get it? Yeah. No, I just made that up. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> What's he going to say about me on the next no, show no, with no, somebody no. else? I already said all the mean stuff. You, oh, you're such a good guy. You defended Andy Paley, who's here, because I got mad at him. Uh -huh. What did I do? Well, 
He's one of these guys that's like a curmudgeon like me. Not curmudgeon, but can't deal with parties. No, I got freaked out. Dave Herman, great guy, uh, great talent. I freaked out at him. I remember he, that. You, I, I saw leave. you when I walked in the door, right. and then you were gone. Well, everyone is like these grungy kind of, but they're they're just regular people, but they have beautiful wives, and they have a goatee. Hey, dude, I'm in animation. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't people relate. with their goatees. You know, they, <laughs> they, they, act, they, act, they look unkempt like they're badasses, but they're just regular yuppies, and, and they talk about their kids, and they go to laces. I don't know. I don't relate. I don't, I don't know. They're all nice, but I don't know what to talk about with anyone. So, so Andy, I always say, Andy, if you didn't have kids, now Andy Paley here has two kids, you'd feel just as awkward as me at these parties, you know, uh, you know what I mean? So he, he yeah. So oh, because everybody's talking about their kids. Their kids or what school they get them into, or they'll go to a potato school so I would have nothing to say. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. You good. could talk about what schools you're banned fifty yards from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've heard that's a really good school. I can't no, get near but that. Regular. One. So I think Paley's pretending to be a regular person. He's mm. like I, actually Eddie Dorget, or Gordetsky had a line I like because I never had kids. I never wanted to pretend to be normal, you know. Uh-huh. And I think you're pretending to be normal, Andy. Okay. Okay. So this is what got me mad. On Facebook, his wife. We're pe- getting back to me. Well, just a little Andy or, Paley. Oh, story. Andy Paley. Okay. His wife was posting pictures of him hunting pheasants with a gun, visiting them, mm-hmm. and that got me mad because hey, I'm a visit. I'm a I'm pleasing the in-laws by shooting animals with a gun, and I got, and I was all mad, calling people up. Could you believe Andy Paley did that? Because I I it got me mad because he's like, it just doesn't seem right. And you go, hey, do you eat chicken? Then don't judge. You said something like that. I said that? Well, I, I said email. Doesn't get you mad that Andy Paley's shooting peasants or pheasants? <laughs> and and you, I said, hey, what? You said, hey, <laughs> you, you have no right to judge if you if you eat meat. Thanks, Jim. I don't you defended I him. <laughs> Thank now, you, this Jim. I'm not making up. Um, but Andy Paley uh, did the music for but, the but opening. But you chased Mark Fight around with a blunderbuss in a pilgrim <laughs> outfit, which yes. is kind of the same thing. He was the turkey... And you were the yes. pilgrim at okay. the same party. Okay. So that's kind of similar. Yeah, but those are private parties. That's okay. just me and Mark. In Silver Lake. Yeah. So Do people have goatees there? I don't know. So <laughs> so you love just running no, around and I don't think that's what, how I would have defended it. How, let me think what I might have said. No, yeah, I said, this got me mad. Does this get you mad that Andy's, you know, had pictures smiling with guns and shooting up in the air? And you said... Uh, What's the big deal? If you eat, do you eat meat? Then, then, then it's all right. Thanks, Jim. Okay. okay, he defended you. But do you? I appreciate it. Do you eat meat? I do. Okay. I wish. Then, I, I then, wish I could be a vegetarian. No, that was your point, and I get it. Yeah. That hunting, hunting is a much better, more, a better. I don't hunt. You know, I just buy my meat. Right. So I it's the same thing. The buying butcher. meat is like hunting. McCall's. McCall's butcher on Hillhurst. No, the best. But, um, so so all right. So tell me about the character Hector life. So, so so you like carefree because it all came to you effortlessly. No. Okay. No, not at all. Um, I was very neurotic. Once once I realized, oh wow, this is a good business to be in. Um, then then and I started. Something was at stake. Yeah. And did you try to recreate the carefully carefreeness, thinking you'll get more parts? I remember when I didn't even care, I got a part. Yeah. And 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 then it's hard to recreate. That. Yes, it is. It's really hard. Um, I, I, it, but that comes from actually doing a bunch of work and knowing what you're doing and then 
just letting it go. You know what it's that they go. Oh wow, that's well. You know what it's like. It's like when someone says, "Oh, they're big fans of yours auditioning," or the part seems perfect. Then you think you can get it, and then you're free. I'm yeah. freaked out. Yeah. So it's like that when you you start going, "Hey, I can make this money," or this or that. Yeah. If you can't, you can't think about the money, because. And that's what they do. They sort of screw with you when you go to network. Uh, they ha go. they have you sign when you're testing for a pilot. You have to sign how much you're going to get, and then you're you're thinking about the money. The fifth year, you're getting this and three houses, and and then you and, and you don't get it. And it's literally before you walk in the door because they've been negotiating up to this point, and then you're there, and you're, all you're doing is thinking about this thing, thinking about this thing, and you know it's going to be a room full of people that aren't going to respond to anything, and you're really already you're you know the money. and then they come up and go, oh, okay, we need your sign here and sign here. Well, the thinking is. They want you to sign before the audition because if they love you, they go, all right, yo, 70000 So you already signed for like, yeah, that's the reason. Because they don't want to see you and then, then negotiate with you. Why not just not read it then? Just not know the amount or whatever the I try are. to do that too the few times I test It's it. really hard. Sure. Well, and you also know it anyway. Yeah. You know it because your agent has been talking to you yeah. about, okay, it's going to be this, this, and this. And, and so the, that stirs up the the nerves yeah. and then when you sign it you're going oh man oh yeah. god i could be set i could be set for a while i tested for a show you did a guest spot on louis uh, ck's first show mm -hmm. and i remember you know the, my agent saying this is i go yeah sure it's good good i don't even you know i don't even want to think about it <clears throat> so what happened was um for the people out there that don't know business testing you know for a pilot and and all that the part was like this guy it was written for Jim Norton. Jim Norton ended up getting it. Jim Norton is this, you know, little scrappy guy, hey, with testosterone. <laughs> and and I'm reading things, yeah, I punched my mother in the face. I sell weed to 14-year-old girls. They give me hand jobs. And there's no way it was going to be me. So what I think happened is, like, um, Louis C.K., who probably didn't have the power he has now, says, I want Jim Norton. And HBO, to show, you know, to show their power, they go, Bring in some other people because, uh, you know, so they'll bring in someone like me who's so not right for it to just to go, see, it's got to be Jim Norton. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens. Mm -hmm. So I'm testing. You wait there hours and then they mix and match. Like I, I uh, tested for uh, Chris Elliott had a pilot. So first I read, which is harrowing. They go stay. Then I had to read with a wife just to see combinations. And they go, OK, then they had us come back again and. And bring in like uh, kids to see how we look. Why can't you just take pictures before the thing? You know, chemistry reads. Mm -hmm. um, my my first audition for a uh, it was a regular um, at the beginning of last year. It was like January second. I went in and read for this part, and I did. I really it was it really suited me, and I went okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do good. And I could tell that the audition went, there were like three or four guys. I could tell it went really, really good. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm getting a call back. So they called back four people. And um, before we're sitting there, and while we're sitting there, I got there a little early because I wanted to be relaxed. And this woman comes out from an office and said, um, okay, do I need to get the contracts to you? I went, um, contract? I don't. I don't think so. Oh, oh, and she goes like, oh, yeah, oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, well, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, big mistake. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, my God. And I went, 
oh, that was weird. What was what was that? Because clearly she thought, and I thought somebody here probably has contracts they've already signed up. And this was like the big audition you were gonna we were gonna read with the star of the show. And then another guy went in, a guy I know, and um, he's in there a long time. And then when he comes out, the casting director chases him down the hall. That's and right in front of me, yes. right in 20 feet away, she's going, oh, my God, that was so, so great. Thank yes. you so much for coming in. Oh, my God. Can you stick around for about 20 minutes so they can print up those contracts? <laughs> oh, it's humiliating. Yeah. Then she goes, are you ready, Jim? And I went, holy shit. <laughs> Fuck you people. Oh, I, I've had <laughs> but that. I didn't. Then then she started to bring me in, and then they needed a pee break because they'd been in for so long with the other guy. And so then I had to go sit, sit back down, and I had to sort of collect myself going, okay, what I want to do is just go, what the fuck? Why are you wasting my yep, time? Yep. Why are you teasing me like I, this? I've had situations, you have no interest in me. I've had situations but, where you want to go. Could I, let me just leave. I'm, we're wasting each other's time, but you just go through it anyway. I hate when um, a few things like there's a thing, again, I can't assume everyone knows the lingo, pre-reads. That's when you, you're saying you just read for the casting person. And if they like you, they bring you back for the producers. So sometimes you'll have a pre-read and then someone will come out they go, and they're giving the information. Okay, go to Sonio, Sony for Jerry Selicus. And, you know, yeah, all right, you come back. <laughs> Jer you Jerry I mean? Selicus. Yeah, whatever, you know, and everyone, and they're writing down. Okay, so for me, so then <laughs> I just... Go to Sony, see Jerry Selicus. <laughs> Cigar. <laughs> so then I do it, and they go, thank you, Fred. And don't I don't get the instructions to go to the next thing, yeah. you know what I mean, where you know it's dead. Or I tell me if you ever had this happen. I'm reading, waiting to read for this stupid thing. I okay, I'm repeating the story because I think it sounds familiar. Fred, his name was Fred, and he was an empty, a, a YouTube star. He taught, you know, he had a high pitched voice, mm -hmm. the worst Nickelodeon kind of show. So the, I'm waiting to audition for like the the dad, and then you hear the, the casting people. Can you get more people for the dad? We want. Okay, oh, that'd be great if you could get him in. And right in front Jeez. of us, they're talking on the phone. Who else you got? Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, you, could you bring so and so? And and then I had an audition. And say they're they're watching tapes of other people's audition for my thing. Yes, yes. This is good. You know, right in front. Have you had stuff like that? Um, a little bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't need validation. It's a legit story. Um, the humiliation of, yes. Uh, well, it's like a dog. It's like I had an audition. Um, Andy Richter had a show called Quintuplets. And it's and I hate when they go, everyone stay. After the audition, they go, Fred, Jerry. Uh, it was just Jerry. <laughs> Michelo, you could leave. You know, uh, you know, it's like a dog. Stay. <laughs> go you know what i mean naughty and i i wanted i want it had to be like a tough talking dennis leary guy and i'm so wrong for yeah cigarettes but i you know i'm i'm much but now i know you're a purist you love all auditions no i don't i thought you said go on them all i did i said don't don't judge no what i was saying to you now i'm remembering this okay. god <laughs> dang it um what i was saying to you was don't because you never know what's going to happen. You don't go, I'm wasting my time. I'm no. not going to be the... No, because they don't... They I'm New York Jewish have no accent. idea. I'm what... not going to be the redneck sheriff, or I'm not going to, you know... Exactly. When I went in for both the, the Arliss and the one I did before Arliss was called um, If Not For You. 
And I remember that with Elizabeth McGovern. Yeah, Elizabeth McGovern. And Hank Azaria and Deborah Jo Rupp and Peter Krause and great Julia Sweeney. Wow. And it was really a great cast. So I went in on that, and it was a part that I went, oh, my God, this is so not me. This is – I don't I don't know how to do – this isn't – What just, was it about it that wasn't you? It was a uh, – the the part – I can't remember the part that I was reading for, but it was just, just not me. Mm-hmm. Then I got there over at CBS Radford, and there was a big traffic jam. We waited an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting in this hot little office, and I'm going, why? Why am I here to read for this stupid thing that I have no connection with, I can't do? Well, screw it. I'm going to do it. So I went in, and I did as, as good a job as I could. And then they went, hey, did you did you see the other part of the, the engineer? Right. And I said, uh, no. And I said, could, could you read? Would you mind reading this other part? And I went out in the hall, and I read this other part, and it was like, Oh my God! It was like they wrote it for Randy of the Redwoods. Uh-huh. It was it was that, and I went, okay, I know what to do with this, and and they're not going to see anybody that's going to do this better than me. This is the kind of stuff I do great, and I got that part, and you know, unfortunately, we only lasted seven episodes, but uh, right, that, I guess it happens. But and then I went in on Arliss, and they brought me in for Arliss originally for the part that Michael Boatman played, which is this you know very black uh, guy, tight, which we wrote yeah, for. Republican uh, manager of the office, and I read it, and they said, "Would you mind reading this other part?" And I went out, worked on it, came back in. I, I uh, yeah, I guess I, there was one I walked out of because they wanted. Well, speaking of Randy Redwoods, Donald Logan did an MTV character that was. Uh, he's Donald Logan is always like the guy. Dude, philosopher, women, you know, don't let your chicks go buy things at the mall, you know, or the Zach Galifianakis with swigging a bee, uh, whiskey. Oh man, I'm the, I'm the, sh- the messy, slobby philosopher, and uh-huh. I, I know I'm not, I'm not that guy. But I thought of a story similar to yours with a casting woman putting uh, uh, things in your shoulders. Mm-hmm. I once read for this part uh, a movie called Waitresses. Actually, it was uh, the woman now who's uh, the star of The Americans, Kerry Russell. Yeah. <clears throat> and and it was a southern. It was a guy in the South. And I called. I said to my agent, "You sure have a New York Jewish accent?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah. They requested you." It turned out that the woman who sadly was murdered, who wrote and directed this, who I met, um, she her husband had seen me at a comedy club. Oh, a fan of yours and. Said, uh, could you do that again, but with the southern accent? This is in the south. I go, I know. I told my agent is ridiculous. <laughs> so they go, go out. They go, do you think if you had a coach? You know, I say, oh yeah. I, and I, here I'm being desperate because I go, they want me. All I have to do is have a southern accent. <laughs> so I said, absolutely. I had to play an Israeli guy once. I got coached, <laughs> and so it turns out the only impression I could do is this guy Jamie from the Laugh Factory. Buddy, we got the best comedy. <laughs> laugh Factory, we guarantee the laughs. So he's screaming out Laugh Factory, showing the show. I I studied an Israeli accent. Uh, all right, this is ridiculous. So then they go go in the hall. So then I I'm in the hall looking it over, and the woman, the casting woman, goes. I'll read it with a southern accent, and you imitate me. That'll help you. <laughs> like that's how you how you audition. Like someone does something, you go okay, blah blah blah. blah. So so I come in, still trying to do it, and I, and I go, let me get into character because I, I know a guy named Heath Heights from Alabama, 
And and I used to imitate him because his girlfriend cheated him. You lied to me, Kristen. You lied to me. So I kept going, you lied. I was getting in character. You, and they're looking at me. You lied to me, Kristen. And so uh, so then I'm reading. They go, okay, very good. And so now I have it where if someone goes, can you not do your New York Jewish accent? And now I go, this is what I am. Like, do you say that to Joe Pesci? Well, I don't say that. But I don't try to. Because one time I had an audition. They go, could you? They said, "Can you do this without your accent? Because this takes place in San Francisco, after all." And and I played a guy who works in a hotel. And I should have said, "Yes, I forgot that rule, that new law that if you move from New York to San Francisco, you can't work in a hotel." I forgot. So and you lose your accent. Yes. So so I remember. So I, whenever I try to not do my New York accent, I talk very deliberately, like I'm talking to a deaf person. We are with Jim Turner, and we have a book, and I'm talking slowly. So now I just go, this this is what I do. Can we hear the southern accent? I just did it. You lied yeah. to me, Kristen. <laughs> I was right. doing that. All Here right. we are. Oh, yeah, that's right. You, you're from the south. Where I you am from? from Virginia, yeah. Yeah. It's very natural, so yeah, that's yeah. why it's weird to hear you talk. And that's funny. When you met Ronnie Shell, you went, I love Goma Pile. This is a good show. <laughs> it's true, right. He was excited. You know who yeah. Ronnie Shell is? No. He was in Goma Pile, and I love Gomer. He played Duke Slater. Yeah, great character guy. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, there you go. <laughs> but Jim Neighbors, yeah, yeah, that was funny. Like He was one of those guys. A lot of comedians did bits how... Mick Jagger, ah, you don't understand them. I, 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 I can't get no satisfaction. <laughs> I think you bit? got it. I, that, I, was, that was pretty good. No. I had to do a Scottish accent for a movie once, and I'm not good at accents. This came up today because I'm doing a, an AFI film for some people, uh-huh. and this guy asked me if I could do it like a New York accent, and I went, no. Yeah, you got to no, get smart. You, you don't... I, I, I'll spend all my time How trying you to... How you doing? And it's going to be horrible. <laughs> well, okay. phony. Well, this is what happened to me. You know, I, I had this thing where I try to get my agents together. go, I never have any auditions. So, and then they go, we're going to get creative. So, so then, you know, so one guy goes, I got you an audition for that, you know, is that that show they did last year, Fargo, as a small-time lawyer in Fargo, and you have to have the Minnesota accent. And I go, I'm not going to do it. He goes, oh, yeah, you, you wanted to break out of just nebbish stuff. He goes, can't you learn to do the Fargo accent? And I go, what is it like? Yeah, I'm from, yeah, Maj, I'm from Fargo. I go, even if I try to study it, I'm just going to go, yeah, I'm a lawyer from Fargo. And, uh, you know, he goes, all right, all right. It's all right, Fred. Uh, we tried. But uh, that's when I say you know you're wasting your time. When I'm not going to audition for Fargo as a small time. I could see you doing that, though. I auditioned for the original Fargo. The movie? I auditioned for the movie with the Coen brothers. Wow. And I have no idea how that came about. but uh, Who'd you audition was, for? For this guy, John Lyon, was their casting director, and Joel and Ethan Coen. And on a Sunday afternoon in Santa Monica in a hotel room, swear to God, and there were lots of people, and it was uh, the audition lasted almost a half an hour. I well, went well, in. Which, and we, part, which part in Fargo? For William Macy. Oh, wow. Hmm. And they gave me a tape, and they gave me these scenes, and we talked for 10 minutes before we did anything. We just talked and talked and did told you, stories. Did you do the accent or study? I did. I did as, as good as I could. Um, I, I felt much more comfortable telling them stories than I did doing that accent. 
but uh, we did all three scenes and we talked forever and it, it really was it was a half an hour audition and and they and were did fantastic. you leave going I'm gonna get something no no I left going I'm just happy that I met them yeah because I really liked them I was big fans and and I didn't think I had a prayer I, I had no idea that William Macy was even but I think that might have been his first, besides theater, uh, that was his first big introduction to, you know, William Macy. I mean, William Macy's big breakout kind of thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. Can't think of what. And when I saw Fargo. the movie, I went, oh, my God, what if I'd, what if I'd been the one Did you mucking have... it up? They would have fired me again. Oh, you didn't think? Because I remember uh, with Dumb and Dumber... Um, I, I was glad to have my one day, but I remember uh, one of the uh, Farleys said, uh, yeah, we, we wanted you to be the other bad guy, but then we wanted a woman, so Duff got to be it. So it's great when they tell you, you could have been this, a great <laughs> thing, but it didn't happen. Oh, thanks. You know, but, uh, no, as they say, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> I <Is> guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, as I'm older, my perspective is better. Like I, I was telling earlier, Oh, you know, a lot of book is saying, oh, you're you're just, you know, you're uh, at the craft service table and repeating stuff about they're talking. You know, I remember, you know, Brad Garrett on Raymond would kept taunting Raymond. You make so much money, you know, uh, you know, uh, like if something if where's Ray? He's counting his money. He tripped on his wallet. A lot of corny <laughs> stuff Kindler would do, you know, <laughs> things that made no sense. The, the, the fire alarm went off and Brad Garrett goes. Ray's wallet set it off. Didn't make any sense, but if it just Ray's wallet, you know, and he was making 300000 an episode. And, uh, but now I'm just happy to have different experiences. Still yeah. don't like auditioning, but yeah, I don't go, gee, I never had the house. So like I said, you reached a summit. You got your house. You had the series regular. And it so it takes a lot of the, uh, the well, or did it, did you like him buy it out or did you, did you have the strangulation of like having to keep the mortgage or? Oh, no. There's there's stories about the house. The house was bought with somebody else. I see. This Gruber? Guy, no, Caleb. Was, wasn't Gruber living in it? He was. Okay. Uh, just about everybody in Los Angeles has As, lived in the house in the for basement? some period. Yeah. Like who were some people? Patton, I'm guessing. Patton no, has... Patton's never been there. Okay. I thought. Um, um, I thought when you said everyone, I thought. Mark Fight. Okay. Yeah, that's did Mark fight like that's everyone did he roll down the steps? Yeah, right he rolled down, down the steps. steps. And I would I'd hear the rolling, I'd be asleep <laughs> and I'd get up in my underwear. He does it for himself. And I and then we'd wrestle and my wife would go, Can can we make some breakfast? Yeah. When Mark Fight and I are done wrestling. Also at this party <laughs> in our they underwear. went around licking other people's plates and uh <laughs> Okay, so besides Mark Fight <laughs> Um so I bought the house with somebody else. So uh -huh. that's the only way I could have could have paid for it. There's and now I have like literally eight people living there. Uh huh. So this guy Al Lubel. And I, I get my pension. That's another reason I'm relaxed yes. about everything yes. now. Well, let me. I'm getting you. my pension. Well, not so to get I, personal, and you don't have to say the amount. But I'm in that position where. I could take my SAG pension, but I'd only get seventy percent of it, and. Some people go, oh, well, maybe you'll be dead in five years or 10 or, or it'd add up. But, but then again, the longer you wait, the longer it builds up. So That's true. 
But look at it this way. At, at, do the math with it mm -hmm. and figure out at what, what point, at what point and how old you'll be when it starts to not make any sense. Oh, I right. wish I'd taken it later. And it's usually like 83. I'll be 83 when I go, oh, boy, no. I wish I was getting that No, other. because... I took it the day that I could get it. Really? Yeah. And it's just it just takes a lot of the choke, the desperation away. Well, I don't have a mortgage or kids, so that enables me not to be desperate and chase the buck and say yeah. no to southern auditions, yeah. southern, southern rednecks and stuff. <laughs> it's like so. What are what are your big anxieties in this acting world? Because that's what it seems to be. This podcast, actors and guests. Uh -huh. What what are yours? Like run throughs or? Uh, oh, it's sixty. Oh, sorry. auditionings. Auditions are still, and difficult. you go to that class where they chant auditioning is performing. Uh, yes, <laughs> except except we don't do that. <laughs> um, In my mind, though, no. Brian Reese changed my whole uh, everything that I thought about auditioning, and he really? just made it. Yeah, made it fun. He made it. He made it fun. He made it easier. Well, he also gave you. He gives you confidence that okay, I can do this. Um, I know what I'm doing when I'm doing this. Instead of prior to that, I was just like. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I have no idea, because auditioning is a very different, a very different thing. I think any other, since we're over an hour. So you called yourself the cooler. Tell us about that. <laughs> Tell the audience. Because, um, well, you mentioned it at the top. Meet Dave. Uh, <laughs> I, I have a way of. I've, Telling shows. I've been in in I think, I think there's like six TV series that I've been in that I was in the last episode. And that's a William Macy uh, movie, The Cooler. Yes, which I got to see because I haven't seen it. Maybe I'm afraid to see it. But I've really been in six. I was in Party Down. Um, this is just one of them. This is after I'd already established that I'm the guy that yeah. kills series. And uh, <laughs> there was one called The Division with uh, John Hamm was in that. It was a lifetime thing. And it was a two-parter that I was in the last two, and then they didn't get picked up for the next year. Party Down. I went and uh, this woman I knew was working on it and I said, so is this, are you guys, is this the last episode of the year? Yeah. Oh, are you picked up for next year? No. And I went, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. Because it's a very popular show, Party Down. And that was it. I remember it. I was in the last, I was in the last scene shot on the show. Wow. It was about a bunch of people working for a catering company. Uh -huh. Jane Lynch was in it. A whole bunch of people. Really great show. Really funny. I'm in, I was in two Will Ferrell movies. Um, Bewitched, yeah, yeah, Bewitched and Kicking and Screaming, and if you look at like how much money Will Ferrell movies made, there's Does. like Talladega Nights, you know, old school, blah blah blah, <laughs> Bewitched, uh, Talladega Nights, blah, 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 Kicking and Screaming. Kicking and Screaming was about soccer, huh? Yeah, um, but your saving grace is you did the movie Run Ronnie Run, which was, is the funniest I was in movie Run Ronnie Run, so. yeah, and that was huge, huge. Um, and Meet Dave was a in, in the middle of you know Eddie Murphy's career. It was just a big. What was bust. what was Meet Dave about again? Eddie Murphy played a spaceship. He, he played there were some people in a from another planet, and the spaceship was Eddie Murphy. And That's we right. were all like this tall, and I was the doctor on the spaceship. It was like Star Trek. You know. so that's right. You you dressed as a space guy in a, in a silver suit or something. Yeah, and, and so so the sets were just these things, like just like Star. They were Trek like the, they were like a, you know the, you know the hallways of of the Starship Enterprise, 
That's what it was. Okay, so... So we had a control room where we did most of the stuff. And then Eddie Murphy was the actual spaceship, and then he was out having a relationship. <laughs> so you didn't get to work with Eddie Murphy because he was the yeah, spaceship. Yeah, all the time. Wait, if he's he was also he was also the captain of the spaceship. Is this so bad it's fun? Because it's so it stupid. Was, it was, it no, was you had perfectly fun. fine. I had a blast, and you know. No, I'm talking fun. about watching it. It's, it's, no, it's a perfectly fine movie. I'll check but it at out. least it wasn't Pluto Nash. That was his big yes. bomb. So yes, it was. There you go. That's You're not right. to your credit. You're right. Um, so some questions I usually ask: Did you ever work with anyone? You go, I can't believe I'm working with this guy. You like get real excited. Yeah, but I can't think who. Recently, okay. you you told me you were excited about working with somebody in Salt Lake. Christopher Lloyd? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was great. And Parker Posey. Mm-hmm. Um, that was very exciting. What'd you work with her on? She, I, I do this show now uh, called Granite Flats that's on um, BYU TV. Mm-hmm. And it's not a Mormon show. It's, a, it's like a family show. Oh, cool. And Parker Posey is on it. Christopher Lloyd's on it. This guy, wow. George Newbern. Um, so you get flown there? I, I get flown fun. I Salt like Lake getting City. flown pl- oh, places. great. You know, it's funny. When I first started, when I did Dumb and Dumber, when I first would get flown a few times to locations, when I did stand-up, I'd have to, like, you can't just do your act. You have to go, hey, look at the uh, moped store, and they like it. Yay, there's a moped store next to us. He's acknowledging us because you can't. So then I remember walking around wherever, park, uh, Utah, going, okay, I could talk about the uh, that kiosk. I could talk about that bike store. I go, wait a minute. I don't have to. It's so relaxing. You know, you, it's not the tension of being on the road as a stand-up. But, um, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, I love getting flown places except for leaving my cat. And... Um, so, any any uh, you get free stuff? Any 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 questions, Andy? No. Uh, Mike, any questions for Jim Turner or or, or Ben or Andy? No, no, no. <laughs> that was. I guess it's over an hour, right? Any questions, Ben? No, he's been great. Summed up a lot of stuff. Learned a lot. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I guess. It, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Unless I get... you legitimately want to talk about Run, Ronnie, Run More, because it's just that's one of my favorite comedies of all time. Uh, for, for people who I'm assuming they're listening, I've done these podcasts. I've talked about this before. They go, you know, hey, uh, you get to come out to my podcast in my apartment in Palm Springs. You get to plug your book. And no one listens to, you know what I mean? So, meaning when I say you want to plug, I can't assume, you know listening but but for the people the imaginary people listening in my head run ronnie run was with david cross and odenkirk Mm -hmm. and it was uh about someone who's on america's most wanted and they think he's a real criminal and had a lot of those people like jill and tom causing trouble on the set jill was in it what did they do did they did they have a brinks truck after the thing (laughs) They went, we don't really need this job, and they'd skip around the set. We are millionaires. <laughs> it's just an inside joke where I, I make Tom this character. No, well, Tom was the cult leader in the, in the, thing that, that, in the scene that I was in. Uh, Tom was a cult leader for ho- Hollywood bigwigs, and it was Marilyn Ragscrub. Uh, uh, who's the guy that does the—it um, was in Jurassic Park. Tra- Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Right. Uh, I was mostly I want this, my money this weird hippie. Uh, yeah. You do a lot of hippie weirdo stoner guys. I yeah, guess. 
Well, he just, my dream, it's like, just tell us your dream. And you would tell him a dream, and my dream was about, you know, just weed. I just dreamed about right. it. Everything was weed. Hemp, right? Is that what hemp. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, hemp. Hemp. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hemp. I want a house made out of hemp, and I want, yeah. Let me, all right, here's a good final question. What are your dreams now? What are you, <laughs> do, do you want another series? Are you just like resting or running around parties? Is that your favorite thing? No. Um, no. I like what steps. I'm doing. I, I'm very happy what I'm doing. All right, we do, Andy good. and I do this sh- show, Two at a Dog, which is Mark Fight and Dick, Craig Anton and Dave Gruber. the Gruber Allen. Um, and when are you doing that? Uh, two at a Dog's comedy. You know, it's like, well, it wait, used to I, be just me and Mark. And then we added Gruber, and then now we've added Craig Anton, and now every month we add somebody else. So, like, Kenny Campbell's been doing it, Ben Jaffe's been doing it. And what do you have to do to do it? I'm, inv- I'm like, inviting myself, like, you're really going to have me. Uh-huh. But what do you do? <laughs> you have to be in a sketch with us, and then we got music. We always have a music act that does, like, four songs. And we had Honey Honey, we had this woman, Alana Amram, um, Sarah, Sarah Watkins. Sarah Watkins. We do it at the Steve Allen Theater. Do you have to do a Southern accent? Yes, then I could do everybody it. does. We have to do, <laughs> yeah. What? Don't you do a lot of these shows? What's another one you do? Well, you do the, no, no, what's his name? That guy, Joe Elk, is in a thing like the the Christmas party. That's, no, that's Rob, Rob Elk. Elk. Rob Elk, yeah. Uh, no, I'm not in. That's I've, Bob's Bob's, Bob's, yeah, Bob's party. office party. Yes, I was in that once. Right. Many, many, many the years ago. The final episode. Jim <laughs> no, I was in it once many, many, many years ago. Um, that's a very successful show. Yeah, no, again, I... Girly Magazine Party is mine. That's the one with party in it that you're thinking of that yes, you've never seen. Yes, yes. Girly Magazine Party is the like parody of Playboy After Dark. Oh, there's another... Oh, they do... And you do Clown Town. Clown Town City Limits. Um, that's a really good show. That's with Mark Fight and Dave the Gruber Allen too, and uh, and you do the music for all these, yes. Andy. Oh yep. yes, I do. Andy Paley here for you comedy nerds is the go-to music guy for all these. He does uh, Thrilling Madness show. He does uh, what? Yeah, you mean the Thrilling Adventure Hour? Right. Um, Thrilling Madness. <laughs> you do. He's you, close. He was you do in a, the ballpark. You and he does. Uh, you do. I know him from. Um, Tom Kenny, our mutual yeah, friend. SpongeBob. He does. He did. I was on an animated show called Handy Manny, where I right. played a monkey wrench. So him and Tom would write songs. And okay, uh, Andy's a good guy, but you were the least patient music director. Oh, I'm sorry. Because because <laughs> they have all these people, voiceover guys, who know how to sing. And you didn't do this. They had one guy where they would sing Dude and B and Mika Futterman. We love sharing Manny. We go for Christmas <laughs> treats. And they'd all right, great. Now you do it. A little high octane. Carl Solzrowski. Octane. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Christmas is the best time for sharing for Manny. Fred. And one guy was banging the table. He was like. He was literally banging the table, shaking his head. That was Mark Fight. No, no, that was another. That was another music guy. Oh, Remember, I you heard that story from Tom. Yes, I did. I did. There was a guy. He kept. He was literally banging his head because I couldn't sing. I don't know how to sing. But then they would do a thing where they do me have one syllable. Okay, I would copy one line. Manny. No, no, Manny. Manny. All right, all right. You know, right? Is that how yeah. you do it? Like I, I'm a well, stroke victim. Well, <laughs> we got really good performances out of you as a wrench. Yeah, but I'm saying people sang this song. I would have to do it one syllable at a time. No, you didn't. Uh, no, no. I'm, 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 um, 
it was a different process. Well, it me. worked out really well. No, it was great. Yeah, so the only singing I had to do was Handy Manny. And so you've written all these... Uh, Various cartoon music, yeah. Yeah. You ever heard of a show called My Gym Partner's a Monkey? Mm-hmm. That, that show. Handy Manny. You did SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Christmas stuff. Ren and Stimpy a long time ago. Wow. Oh, nice. He's the music guy. I so. wrote a song called Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence. Yeah. You know that? Don't pee yeah, yeah. on the whiz, whiz, whiz. Oh, wasn't there a pee in there? No, whiz. no, don't whiz. whiz. I remember whiz. that Ren and Snippy I grew up with. Yeah. Wow, great show. Well, again, uh, I hope <laughs> Sorry, you enjoyed this. I know, I know, it's being a little, fun. being a little stupid about Mark Fight. No, I, he's such a good guy, and I saw him at Farmers Market. And I said, make a, make, a, make a thing, a joke for Andy Paley. And I sent it to him. He goes, all right. And he pulls his shirt over his head. <laughs> <laughs> Remember he sent that to you? So he's in on the joke that he's silly and good. And, okay. um, but just talking about wrestling him, uh, which I've never done. Um, <laughs> Don't you run around wanna... in underwear humping each other? We're getting paid for that. It's called Sachet <laughs> Gigante. Sachet. But then you run to. But then you. Sachet. But then you do like your. You're flipping on the floor like like frogs. <laughs> no, like like uh, with, with your arms flapping and. Don't you do that? No. Okay. Well, this 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 silly thing I did with the mics and Mike the engineer is brought to you from All Things Comedy Network. Um, so support it. Buy merch. Support. Um, that's what you got to do. You, you know, one guy puts up the money, and if I if I make money, I'll I'll gonna give towards it because it's great to express ourselves. <laughs> I'm and, not sure. I'm not sure what you just said to me. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I I'm getting sign, the wrap up don't sign. Don't, don't sign anything. All right. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this thing, and thank you, Andy Paley, um, Jim Turner, and Ben Solinger, and Mike. Thank you.